Good afternoon and welcome back to Never Punt, Comma, Never Parlay, a college football show that talks about betting and talks about uh, looking at the game through uh, how we can put some numbers on paper and uh, and make informed guesses. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, uh, and I am back here this week again with my friend, my co-host, Douglas Farmer, whose tag tells us that there are 18 days, if I'm reading that small number correctly, 18 days until kickoff. Douglas, that gets me excited. How are you this afternoon? I agree with you. It gets me excited. I think this weekend was my last, uh, I'm going to forget about football stretch of the summer. You, you still need to get a few of them in, even when it's the end of July. But at this point, there's nothing left but to to dive all the way in. It makes me laugh thinking back to last week. At the end of the show, I believe the Parker Fleming quote was, this time next week, who the hell knows will be in the Big 12. And here we are to discuss the Big 12. And I I think I know who's in the conference. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I certainly know who's going to be there in 2023, which I think is important, but yeah, 2024, some big, big shifts. Um, obviously we've seen the four corner schools did in fact come over and are going to be part of the big 12. Looks like the PAC 12 might be the conference we really have to worry about in terms of, uh, what are they, are they even going to be a conference and how can we talk about them? But yeah, big 12 kind of interesting, trying to make the play to be the third, uh, the third team there. And uh, I, I like it from, uh, you know, I'm already thinking about, hey, what are pods? What are they going to do scheduling wise? I think it's really interesting. But yeah, some huge moves in the last week in college football. I'm certainly glad that my week off, Douglas, was the week that everybody was arguing about Margot Robbie on the internet and not the week of realignment. So I missed all of that nonsense. And I got to see all of the realignment nonsense. You know, it's good that it's 18 days until kickoff because we don't need this nonsense anymore. You start mentioning you're thinking about pods. Parker, that's a 2024 problem. We have 2023 college football to discuss. And I don't I don't think I actually forgot, forgot to look this up. I don't think there's any Big 12 schools that play in week zero. But we're going to talk about the AAC today, too. Navy is in the very first football game in eight. Days. So let's talk 2023 football. I don't care about when Utah, Arizona, Arizona State come into the Big 12. I care about the teams that are new there this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of fun this this um, this fall with the Big 12, the last year of Texas and Oklahoma in the league, and they bring in the four new teams as well. So um, why don't then we go ahead and get started with uh, with the first play, Douglas, one that you and I agree on in the Big 12. We'll break it down. We'll talk about it. Uh, you and I are going to uh, both take Kansas under six, you can get that plus 105 at DraftKings. Currently, the Kansas Jayhawks, absolute darlings of last season. Jalen Daniels, Lance Leipold offense looking really great. Douglas, we both believe the party is going to end in 2023. Why is that? Uh, Because last I checked in college football, you have to play defense and offense. And Kansas is going to have its fun offense. Some people are critical of this gimmick offense as they like to disparage it has been seen, and so maybe it won't be as successful anymore. I'm going to give it a little bit benefit of the doubt there. I think Jalen Daniels is that much fun, and this team could still have a really good offense. Its defense is so, so terrible. It's it's good they sell cases of 40s by the 12-pack because Kansas might need to crack open 1240s this season to even come close to six wins. It's going to be rough on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, certainly like this. I think earlier in the offseason, you could have gotten this at six and a half. I'm happy with six here, though. Uh, Kansas last season six started plus out money. It, six plus money. You can offer me yes, six absolutely. and a half. Yeah, I'll take that plus money. Absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, last season, you know, they started off five and oh, and then went one and seven down the stretch. You have to think that if they had played, 
either the Houston or the Duke game later in the season, they probably would have lost those as well. A lot of, lot, a lot, a lot of positive variance for Kansas and specifically the bottom of the defense never really got, uh, we never really found the bottom of the defense. It can definitely get worse. Uh, sixth on offensive EPA per play, 115th in defense. Um, I believe that when I did a deep dive on Kansas for my podcast, um, about the Big 12, we, we noted that Kansas off the, or defensive line might be the worst unit in the Big 12. Not that their defensive line is just the worst defensive line of the Big 12, but like any unit of any side of the ball, that defensive line is going to be so rough. I think that they're really going to have a hard time. And you couple all of that, the returning production issues, the fact that um, they, they skated by on the skin of their teeth last year and still went one and seven down the stretch. You couple that with there's tape on Jalen Daniels. He plays a very involved style of football. He's going to take a lot of hits. People are going to look at Kansas. They're not going to treat Kansas like a bye week. That is that that is lining up for this to be a year that's a little bit uh, of a deflation compared to where they were last year, which is certainly not saying anything about Lance Leipold or his program building, but just this is going to be this is going to be one of those development years, I think. Kansas fans should still be enthusiastic about this program for a second year in a row, which is something you couldn't say for the entire 21st century, but aside from one or two Mangino seasons, it's, it's just going to be, it's not going to be six and six again. That's, that's our bet here. And it's, again, the defense is going to be, you pointed out the defensive line might be the worst unit in the league. Like that's, you can't recover from that. That is a fundamental football flaw and that's going to make it, ugly at times this year in a, a league that is for the most part on the upward trend in my argument. So that's going to even further this problem for Kansas. One yeah. Two. Yeah, absolutely. Going to be, going to be, going to be tough there um, for, for the Jayhawks. I, I really agree with you. One team I don't think is on an upward trend and, and I have an under here. I want in my notes, I have terrible offensive line and no receivers. And you're telling me Kansas's defensive line is going to be worse than Cincinnati's offensive line or Cincinnati's receiver room. But when you have those kinds of kind of holes in your offense, I believe I just described two thirds of an offense, maybe not three quarters. It gets pretty easy for me to argue to take the under five win total on Cincinnati, even money at circuit sports. Again, you could have probably had five and a half earlier this summer. We weren't up and running because we are enjoying some of summer. I will take that even money option. Scott Satterfield is an odd fit in my opinion. Maybe I'm proven wrong in that regard, but a guy who is on his way out of a power five job, it shouldn't land another, I could reset the clock. That's always struck me as odd. Cincinnati's talent is on a down cycle. This is no longer the team that Luke Fickle turned out however many draft picks with that playoff team and years of dominance in the AAC. In the Big 12, you always like to point out the talent cycle tells the story. And if Cincinnati is on a downward talent cycle, the terrible offensive line and no receivers, first of all, I'm going to bet Cincinnati team total unders to start the season. And those items make it so it's going to be tough. Big 12 is on the upward trend, and I can nail all these things on Cincinnati that make me worry. I will admit they have a helpful schedule that could put this under five in jeopardy. That said, they're going to need to win all four of BYU, Houston, West Virginia, and Kansas. To go 4-0 and in those games will be a test, and I'm willing to risk it, especially with three of them the final three games of the year. Who knows what kind of shape Cincinnati will be in by that point. If your offensive line is bad to start with, one injury, two injuries, you're going to be a debacle. Yeah, and not, not to mention, I, if I'm uh, not mistaken here, they brought in Emory Jones, uh, who might play quarterback for them. Um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of for them. that that tail of negative variance gets very very long. I like this one. I did. I will say I'm a coward. The five and a half 
uh, or getting the five instead of the five and a half scared me off because that slate of four is there. But I do think that Cincinnati is going to be a very, very poor team. Um, certainly. Uh, let's talk about then. Uh, so you've got Cincinnati under five plus 100. Let's talk a little bit um, about a flyer that we both agree on, which I think is very, very fun. Um, we're going to talk about taking a flyer here in the Big 12 on a guy who's been been proven, been around the block, one of the longest tenured uh, coaches in college football. Oklahoma State currently sits at plus 6,500 at Bet Rivers. Douglas, if you'll indulge me for a second, I do want to talk just for a second about shopping. This line is all over the place. Um, and plus 6,500 seems absolutely absurd. It's 4,000 at Circa, 2,800 at Caesars, 3,500 at points bet, th- uh, 3,000 at, at Win. I mean, Absolutely. Uh, you you got to look around. And if you want to look around, you want to shop, make sure you sign up using that QR code that's in the bottom, my right of the screen. Your, your, your left, my right, maybe, but right there, you can see the code. Use that link, get you through through Betstamp, just a little affiliate code. Doesn't matter if you win or lose. We want you to win it, but uh, we don't get paid for, for winning or losing or anything. But all that does is just make sure you can sign up, you can shop, you can find uh, those links to sign up for sports books. Because again, that's what good bettors do. They find uh, good prices and they shop around Douglas shopping on this Oklahoma state team. Um, man, 6,500 is an implied taking out the veg here in that, uh, 6,500 is a, um, Oh no, I took out the vig of the other one. It's totally terrible to do this live. Uh, what, what are the implied on it's uh, odds on 6,500, like 1.3 or something? Uh, you're the math man here, Parker. I'm here to make you look smart. You're not supposed to ask me to do the math, but if you want me to pull out my phone real quick and do it, I'll try to. I no, will I will say it, yeah. we come to these numbers, 5. we come to these decisions independently. We throw our, our plays into a chat. We see them. I was on Oklahoma State maybe Saturday morning or Sunday morning, and so when I saw your suggestion this morning, it took me a while to realize, wait, Parker and I are both on the same flyer, and it, it's not like – we had different Nebraska flyers a few weeks ago and similar, but both those odds were a third of these. Parker and I are on the same flyer. That's a 65 to one play. And I suspect for both of us, it started with weight. You can't get that anywhere else. You can't get within 40 to one anywhere else. And so there's the 65 to one out there. So yes, you use that QR code. You want to look for Bet Rivers, otherwise known as Sugar House on that QR code. If you go to that link, it'll list sports books. Go to Bet Rivers or Sugar House and get this 65 to one because it's absurd. It should not be at that point. For me, it's the combination of a coach who I don't love, but as a coach, he's pretty stinking good. Mike uh, Gundy is 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 proven and known. You've got a quarterback coming back to the Big 12, Alan Bowman. He had success earlier in his career at Texas Tech. And this is a team that started last year at 5-0, and ended 2-6. and I'm not saying they're going to run the table. I'm not saying they're going to go 10-2. and but these kinds of numbers make it quite possible. The schedule broke down in their favor. They missed Texas. They missed Texas Tech. They missed Bay- They missed the entire state of Texas except for Houston. And in this, this conference this year, that's the stronghold. Yes, they have to play Oklahoma. But you get Oklahoma and Kansas and Kansas State at home in Stillwater. This all starts to make it seem real, real feasible. You get three of those worst teams in the league, including now maybe quarterbackless Iowa State. You get them on the road, so notch those wins. It's it's the value here combined with the logic of Gundy plus the schedule. I I can't square it at sixty five to one. At forty to one, I wasn't going to touch it. Yeah, yeah, I, I I think this number is is pretty inflated there. This is uh, I'm going to take a page out of your book from last week. Actually, where instead of 
uh, a tenth of a unit. I'm going to put a half unit here on this flyer uh, for Oklahoma State because I like this number so much. Um, again, I think the continuity matters a whole lot in terms of the uh, Gundy uh, system. They are turning over a bunch of players, some guys that weren't fits. A lot of work in the offseason on Alan Bowman and his timing. Like you said, the schedule works out great. And fun fact, from 2017 to 2022, uh, Oklahoma State ranked second uh, with plus 22.9% more points scored at home in Big 12 games than uh, than on the road. So they get to, you need to win two or three of those those games, Oklahoma, Kansas State, um, and Kansas at home. And two or three of those get you the Big 12 championship game, and then we're talking money line there. So uh, a flyer, but but a, a pretty a pretty good size flyer here, Oklahoma State, at just uh, such insane odds. 1.52 is the implied odds for, 0.6, uh, for plus 6,500. Circa Vig Free has it at 2.18. So uh, a little bit, a little bit in that direction, but still, um, I, I really think that this is just uh, kind of, kind of underpriced here, especially when given the consistency of Gundy uh, over the years. Your, your home field stat there that I think you just said that was a four five, six year window. That's enough of a sample size. You might get me to, to raise my unit play on this. Just it's the schedule breaking down for Mike Gundy is, is a fortunate benefit for the Cowboys that they should be able to turn into some noise. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and um, you know, made, made some moves, brought in uh, a complete nobody and and not nobody, unknown commodity in Brian Nardo at defense coordinator, trying to fix some of their issues. I like the aggressiveness, and I think that Gundy's not going to have too bad back-to-back seasons here. Uh, this is certainly worth a flyer, especially because in the Big Twelve and with those games happening later, you can always you know money line and uh, and 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 hedge your bets uh, pretty productively here, especially if you're holding on to something at at sixty five hundred. Um, now, when it comes yeah, to absolutely. futures, you have a far more disciplined play, a a but a bold ambition play. I was surprised to see this come through the chat. Yeah, I kind of went off book here because we have a little sheet where you put in some odds that you're looking around, and one of them that you did not put in is odds to make the playoff. And I've got to. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not plugging my other stuff here. But I will say, I had to, last week was talking about this at BetUS and was like, oh, the odds for Texas to make. To make the playoff are actually very good, given um, their schedule and uh, a lot more favorable, in fact, than their odds to win the Big 12, just because you might have a um, you might have a situation like TCU last year where you have to play the same team twice. You split those. You're still making the playoff. So I'm going to take as my future in the Big 12, Texas to make the playoff plus 320 at DraftKings. I I think that they're the odds on favorite to win the conference. I think that if they win the conference and um, are at least competitive against Alabama, they're going to make the playoff. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to say, look, man, at some point, if this isn't the year that Texas is back, are they ever going to be back? And a, a lot of you might say, no, they're never going to be back here. But I think that all Quinn Ewers needed this offseason was to take some time, just again, with the trash can, get the ball in the end zone, get the ball in the end zone. Their timing was a little bit off last year. You got Xavier Worthy back, uh, just, uh, you know, wide receiver one, perhaps in the nation this year, absolute freak. You've got around him, Jordan Winnington, Isaiah Nayer is going to be healthy. Jatavian Sanders at tight end, absolutely bringing, um, you know, giving them so many weapons and, uh, you know, Steve Sarkeesian is talking about, Hey, we're able to use five guys in the passing game now because their offensive line is going to be so good. Kelvin Banks, absolutely underrated there at left tackle. Uh, didn't even make PFS all conference team for left tackle. I think that's uh, shocking to me. And uh, somebody that's maybe not getting appreciated as much as he's going to be on that unit. Very, very consistent there. Love the offense. Think the defense is stacked with uh, NFL talent. Feels like they're at the top of their development cycle and they're going to have a talent advantage. Um, I like the cushion with the playoff. Uh, bet as opposed to the Big 12 bet. Just again, like I said, you know, you lose one game. Uh, it can kind of go either way there. But uh, yeah, I like I like the Longhorns here in this spot. 
The biggest pro football contests in Vegas are back and bigger than ever with $14 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. Enter in Nevada, play from anywhere, two ways to win and no rake. Play Circa Million, make five picks against the spread each week with quarterly and full season payouts, or join Circa Survivor. Select one team each week straight up. Last the longest to win it all. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircaSports.com for details. I, uh, Parker, I'm, I'm going to be blunt. I'm going to be honest. And I think you have completely misunderstood the cushion. I agree with you when you say the Big 12 odds on Texas have gotten pretty short. I'm looking at the board right now. The best odds available are plus 110 at Circus Sports or more widely available across the country, plus 110 at Win. Uh, Win Sports finally put up some futures odds, and I, I'm very grateful to see those. Yes, I understand not wanting to jump on that, but you're banking on them. Losing, but playing close against Alabama, and then you're comfortable saying, "Well, if they if they split against Oklahoma State, well, well, they don't play Oklahoma State twice. They split against Oklahoma. They have two losses. That's the TCU difference. TCU, yeah, they split against Kansas State, but they had only the one loss. You are banking on Texas beating Alabama and splitting, or losing to Alabama and running the Big Twelve. I'm not sure those two options should price out to 320 because I don't think you can lose to Alabama and split and still bank on them making the playoff. Not in a oh, not in a country with Ohio yeah. State, Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, LSU. Two of those are going to fill too many spots for Texas to make it in with two losses. And that's I think your rationale there is is giving too much credit to two lost Texas. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't think two lost Texas will make it. I think that what I maybe I misspoke there because uh, I agree. Um, I think that what I'm thinking of is like win two of three against Texas and or against Alabama and second Big Twelve team, um, and that those odds I like a little bit more. But yeah, I think that I think that maybe I can sit down and uh, and do a little more do a little more back and napkin to make sure I'm there. Uh, I'm standing by. I think that Texas making the playoff is a, is a good bet here. But I'll I'll check my math and let's uh, let's talk about that. What what would work best there for Texas is now in this expanded Big 12, currently a 14-team league this year. Uh, I haven't even thought about next year. 14-team league this year, they're no longer doing the round robin. So if they can, right. if they can, they'd be they'd love to see Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title game, not just because it's theoretically a lesser team than Oklahoma, but because it's always easier to beat a team once rather than twice. And so yeah. you're two out of three, it could just be two out of two. Or one out of two. And that, that that's where you need I, – I think your logic holds up better if they get not a rematch in the Big 12 title game because yeah. they should be able to win that easier. I'm not banking on Texas beating Alabama. Although, if Texas does beat Alabama, I'll just delete Twitter for a week because the Texas is back chatter will be too deafening. It will – that will be too much. I don't have the <laughs> eardrums for that nonsense. Hey, that three that 320 might go to minus 320 if uh, Texas beats Alabama there. I might be feeling real good about that for sure. Uh, what have uh, you got in terms of futures for that, the, uh, Oh, go ahead. The counter to that will be my future. And it's again, a benefit of shopping. Uh, earlier I mentioned the best Texas odds available are plus plus one ten. bet rivers, not only inflated the Oklahoma state odds to 65 to one, they deflated Texas's odds to win the big 12 to neg one forty three. odds on favorite Texas is far and away in bet rivers opinion. The, the, the beauty of that is Oklahoma state gets inflated. 
Oklahoma gets inflated to plus 450. Elsewhere, you can't get it better than 375. Most places is 330, and I'm getting a plus 450 on Oklahoma to win the Big 12. They were 0-5 in one-score games last year, including four of their last five games. To me, that right there says there's value in this team moving forward. Aside from Texas, they should have the best overall line play in the conference. Again, that makes me think there's value. And this is a league that for years has been playmaker-driven. Max Duggan, Deuce Vaughn, playmaker-driven. Convince me Dylan Gabriel won't be the best playmaker in the Big 12 this year. It's definitely within the realm of possibility. Now I'm at three reasons that I like this team, and I'm getting them an outrageous value thanks to Bet Rivers mispricing the Big 12. Again, folks, this is why you shop. When we say go scan the QR code so you can get to Bet Rivers as quickly as possible, otherwise known as Sugar House, and catch this 450 to 1. I don't know if I'd want it at 3 to 1, but at 450 to 1, I get Texas in the, the title game. I can. I can hedge out all sorts of ways. This is the 0-5 and one-score games last year really stood out to me as I was thinking about this. You've got a quarterback who's a veteran, who's dynamic. And, and yes, Brent Venables had a, a down first season. Year two coaches have long succeeded in college football. Year two coaches have, have been a huge piece of success in college football. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see him put that put together that kind of season. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you come back to the talent. There's such a massive talent gap between Oklahoma and Texas and the rest of the conference that it's just hard to say, like, look, if they're healthy, which I feel a little bit better with Jackson Arnold having been all offseason on, on campus this year, uh, I feel a lot better about their health and their depth. Last year, obviously, Dylan Gabriel went down and they they had some issues. And then maybe we're talking about the Q word there down the end of the season, that Texas Tech game, that Baylor game. Did not look like Oklahoma was was super vibing and then wanting to be there. So maybe a little bit more investment. Maybe they stay healthy. And uh, certainly plus 450 is is a um, an enticing number for the Sooners there. Um, all right. Looking at anything else out of the Big 12, I think we've got our plays. Um, I think anything it's time. Else we should... in the Big 12. Uh, I just I look at Oklahoma. The one thing I didn't mention Oops. is they brought in one of the few offensive line transfers in this in this league in the country that I think is a good play. Pulling in an offensive tackle from Stanford. Stanford does have good line play, and there's a reason somebody transfers from Stanford to show off in the NFL. This isn't your usual uh, offensive line transfer. Walter Rouse could really put something together at Oklahoma. And if he does, then he could be. He was long projected as a draft pick at Stanford, never quite got there because Stanford had other problems. He could end up in the draft. And here, Parker, is how I'm squeezing in the thought of millions of dollars. Because if he auditions this year for the NFL – Maybe Walter Rouse is looking at a $14 million payday in years to come. And why do I mention $14 million? Because that's how much guaranteed money Circa is offering in two NFL contests this season. They're offering $6 million in the Circa million. I know it's a little confusing, $6 million, Circa million. It's millions of dollars. That is a traditional against-the-spread pick every week. And then they're offering $8 million in the Survivor competition. These are NFL opportunities. So the registration ends September 9th. You have to go out to Nevada at a Circa location to register. But $14 million guaranteed. If Walter Rouse has that kind of season, he'll be thrilled. I, however, will need to go to Circa and, and enter these to have any uh, any hope of winning $14 million this year because I'm not going to be playing any offensive line anytime soon. Not with that attitude, you're not. But uh, I don't know. I don't, oh, know if our, I don't know if our old man knees could uh, could could do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, certainly fun to uh, to set up, and uh, we're going to both be there for uh, the sign up weekend, which should be a lot of fun as well. Maybe recording some content there for week zero, uh, kicking off uh, as as well. So um, we'll let's go ahead. First game and of the year. Watching some Notre Dame football, man. What what else could you want? Um, 
Going and moving over to the American Athletic Conference, that's who we're going to take on uh, as well. Um, I'm playing that game. I, uh, uh, oh, that's right. Navy. Indeed. Indeed. The, uh, the, the first game of Navy with, uh, in, in the new era here, uh, with Kendi Matalolo off to, uh, uh, off to UCLA. They've had a full off season to, to kind of say, all right, this is the new era and kick things off. Um, yeah. Do you have a, uh, let's start off there. You've got to play on Navy and some opinions about how this is going to kick off, uh, the, 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 the new future. Opinions, I have questions. Uh, Navy promoted defensive coordinator Brian Newberry to head coach, and they brought in Kennesaw State coach Grant Chestnut as the new offensive coordinator. And Navy is talking about, uh, I'm not going to sw- – throwing the ball a little bit more. And I'm very confused by this. I look at, at – we're going to start with Navy, and then we're going to go and talk about another academy in a moment. Um, Kennesaw State wasn't particularly efficient throwing the ball last year. They ranked number 80 in the FCS in team passing efficiency. And now Navy wants to throw the ball a little bit more when they have no proven quarterback. I am skeptical. When when I when I went through and did a rough win total on Navy, I got to 5.6. You can get under six and a half at neg 130 at Bet MGM. So right there, I liked, and that's why I'm playing this. But then it gets even worse because it's a Grant me that Navy will lose to Notre Dame in Dublin on August 26th. There are three touchdown underdogs. And grant me that Navy will lose to Memphis as at least two touchdown underdogs in week two, their third game of the year. Navy then starts the season one and two with FCS-level Wagner between those. They need to win six of the final nine games for me to lose this bet. In those six games, my rough win totals would give them 4.6 wins. That is a huge cushion for me. And, yes, I'm, I'm removing a little bit of win probability against Notre Dame, and I'm removing a little bit of win probability against Memphis, but not much. So to, for them to win six out of nine is why I'm taking Navy at under six and a half at neg 130 at BetMGM, and I'm pretty comfortable with that bet. I'm then going to use this opportunity to discuss an independent. We said we would discuss Army, UConn, and UMass this week. Well, we're going to discuss Army, and UConn and UMass will have fun playing football in the fresh air. Army is also talking about throwing the ball more, except they're really going for it. They're going to run a shotgun option of some sorts this year. You can get under six at plus 105 at BetMGM. Their quarterback room returns one pass attempt from last year. They threw fewer than nine passes per game last year, and that was an uptick. I don't understand how an offense that was recruited for the option has to meet academy standards. An offensive line that has to meet academy standards is going to be able to pass block. I am very confused by it. Now, before I go further, I want to ask you, Parker, you do all the math. You do all the numbers. You are four to five times smarter than I am. You can figure out exactly how much because you do the math. You do the numbers. How do your numbers handle it when a team reinvents like this? You can't really look at last year's Army offense as you figure out EPA, can you? Yeah. So one, I'll say four to five times of zero is still zero. So I don't know. I don't know what our brain power is here, but um, I do think that, yeah, it's a very interesting question because a lot of basically any model that's going to try to predict you every year is going to take into account some measure of continuity, some measure of recent performance, some measure of history. Um, and I'm not, I don't have an explicit variable for, Hey, they banned the cut block and the service academies can't run the offense they want to run anymore. Right. Those structural changes. What I can kind of implicitly account for is that the choice to change an offense is almost never um, exogenous, right? It's never, it's never like a random variable that says, oh, they're going to run a different offense. 
clearly Army knows about its personnel. Clearly Army knows about its efficiency and they know that they have to do something different this year. And so uh, I'm going to trust that recent history and talent is going to um, kind of show up uh, or, or excuse me, that that negative impact of rushing more is going to or passing more is going to show up in the fact that there has been a downward trend and the fact that they don't have great talent ratings in the fact that I don't expect their their efficiency uh, with what they were turning to be very high. So not explicitly um, going to account for that change, but implicitly certainly going to be able to understand like, hey, there's underlying trends that are resulting in them having to uh, shift. That's something that just makes it even harder for them. So I don't have a change scheme variable, but I do have, you know, a returning talent variable, a returning uh, efficiency from last year variable and a coaching continuity variable. Uh, all of those things are going to be sticky in terms of they weren't very good last year. If I go in and manually adjust my run pass selection for them, um, which I don't even know that I will until I kind of see what they're going to do. Uh, it's only going to go, it's only going to get worse for them. So I'm trusting that implicitly right in the projection from year to year, uh, that's that's in sort of the error term that I'm capturing. So somewhere in your head, as you look at those numbers and you see a few army projections, you're going to think to yourself, well, they're going to throw the ball more. So it'll actually presumably be a little bit worse than this. It'll presumably be yeah. a little bit worse than this, no matter. And I hope we're going to see some tape. And, and I'm not wishing ill on army aside from my under bet here, but it's it, the assumption is, yeah, they're throwing the ball. It's going to go badly. Yeah, yeah, I think so, especially their high volume. When, when it goes well, you see Army, Navy, Air Force throw the ball very few times, very high efficiency. Uh, a lot of that's due to selection. You would expect they'd start passing in worse situations. Um, I'm going to tell you that the more that an Army team passes on first down, the more likely it is they're going to have to pass on third and eight, right? Like they're going to get into those negative situations as well. It's going to spiral downward and feed off of themselves. And hey, it's, it's, it's going to be a rebuilding year. They're going to have to, they're, this is going to be a real gut check, not being able to run the offense they want, but I'm optimistic. Um, look at Jalen Daniels and uh, look at Lance Leipold at Kansas. As much as run the run the triple, Kansas was kind of a meme. They've shown, hey, you don't need to do the cut blocks. Hey, you can make a varied offense that might exploit some talent disadvantages that you have, or might paper over them rather and help you exploit weaknesses on your defense. So let's see how innovative Munkin can be. The offensive line worries me more than it would at Kansas because Army has yeah. such limitations in that regard. And then I have another. I have another two reasons to keep an eye on this. First of all, Army has to go from Air Force in Denver to playing Holy Cross. And most people are going to hear that and go, okay, whatever. Holy Cross was better than more than a dozen FBS teams last year. Now, yeah, that's still a pretty low bar. But, like, Holy Cross is a legitimate football team. That's a heck of a letdown moment for Army coming off Air Force out in Colorado. So I like to bump up right there, bump up the win probability for Holy Cross. And then lastly – this shotgun option, throwing the ball more for Army, is going to lead to more plays, is going to expose its defense. Army, part of the reason these service academies run the triple is so that the game has fewer plays and variability helps and your defense is less exposed. You raise the play number, you raise the drive number, Army's defense could become a liability in this season. My rough win number was 5.6, but I'm just weighting it downward anyway. I'm getting under six at plus 105 at BetMGM. I'll take that plus money, partially because I'm my 5.6 was being generous when I realized Holy Cross is a trap game and Army's defense could become a problem. And that's a piece of this that we aren't really acknowledging and very much could be the most costly aspect of this offensive shift. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I, I like it. Uh, Army 107th in EPA per play on defense last year. Not great. Not what you uh, not what you want at all. Um, okay, so you've got Army. That's right. No, I've been now negative. I think, 
I've been negative. Let's, You've got some overs to to bring up the vibes here. Yeah, let's be a little bit positive here. You're gonna you're gonna roast me for this. Let me get let me get through both of these and explain my logic before you're like, hey, this is wrong. But I know this is gonna be like Texas State all over again. I am gonna take a couple of overs in <laughs> in the American Athletic Conference based on returning production, based on quarterback play, and based on schedule. Um, so the first one is I'm gonna take Memphis over eight at minus one oh five at DraftKings. I think you and I chat a little bit. You can get this at seven and a half, but I think you're paying too much at seven and a half to get this, uh, you know, minus 170 or whatever it is. I think that's, I think it's a little bit too much, uh, maybe 165. I think it's a little bit too much there. So I'm going to take the eight. Um, I like Memphis's schedule here. I like Seth Hennigan coming back um, as a, uh, you know, as experienced quarterback who made some strides over the middle of the field last year uh, and should be, uh, you know, 79.5 passing grade last, uh, last year, 63.7% completion. Um a uh, solid play there. And if you look at their returning production on uh, offense, it's, it's uh 67, but that's for an American athletic team that like brings speed guys in consistently. And so the bulk that they're returning is Hennigan uh, and they'll have uh, a lot of guys around him. So I like the tigers here, uh, especially with the home and road split, the compliment to this, and I'm going to be tied up in the AAC. So maybe we can talk about being tied up in the AAC or here. Oh, go ahead, please. Before you go, I want I want to point out you mentioned we discussed the seven and a half or the eight. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, are uh, here hit the books the hammer, it's the hammer, and then the hit the books channel that you're currently watching. Uh, Brad Powers does a show frequently with Joey Kanish on there. Brad Powers would advise you that half a win is worth about seventy cents. I've heard others say as low as fifty cents, and so that's where Parker was looking at seven and a half at neg one sixty. Or eight at neg 120, eight at neg 105. The eight neg 105, that's a 55 cent difference. It becomes something to think about. And that was the conversation we were having. It's 50 cents to 70 cents, depending on somebody's math. I kind of eyeball it and look, look at the schedule. But that's why you landed at eight neg 105, just a better return and, and a little bit more of a risk of pushing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you if you allow me to elaborate one more second on Memphis, I mean, eight wins, right? Uh, FCS, Arkansas State, Navy, UAB, North Texas, South Florida, Charlotte, Temple. They need to go one and four against SMU, who they have at home, Tulane, who they have at home, Boise State, who they have at home, and Missouri, who's probably going to whoop their behinds up in St. Louis at the Dome there. So you just need to win one of those three home games you have. Plus, because I have all three of those at home, I could be a little bit strategic with a money line to say, all right, if I think that those guys who are who are priced uh, worse than Memphis are going to beat them, I can I can kind of hedge out. Uh, I'll tell you right now, the compliment to this is my, uh, is my future. That is going to be Memphis plus 800 to win the um, – conference or excuse me to win the American athletic conference at Caesars. Um, and so I'm putting those together. I think that the, having those two games at home, Tulane and uh, SMU, their away games are, are just absolutely so easy to navigate with UAB, North Texas, Charlotte temple. Uh, I'm going to take tigers over and I like them here at 800. I think that's a little bit underpriced, especially when you price in the fact that I'll know going into SMU uh, what I, what I need out of the tigers. I will say I'm going to personally, not on our official show plays, but personally, I'm probably going to end up on the over with you. I will not yeah. be touching that future. We'll get to that later. But I like your point of they've got to win one of Boise State, SMU, Tulane at home. And that's within reason. It's one out of three. And like you say, you can go into that and 
let's say they they start out 0-1 and then it's all right so i just bet those two money lines and if i win both of those i've covered the futures play anyway and i'm clear there are hedging opportunities which you always love to see in these season long plays i don't like your futures play but that's that's a different conversation i'm with you on the over eight i am what else do, what uh, else is part- new you you hating my strategy that's the that's already the theme of the show <laughs> it's ask Parker about numbers and the big 12 and the EPA and tell people his strategy is wrong. That's what we do. Here. We have a, we have a person here who also disagrees with us on Kansas. They're, they're saying we're very wrong in Kansas. So that'll be fun to, to worry about later on in the year. Dude. Okay. Kansas. Look, man, it'd be fun. It'd be fun if they won eight games again. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I do have one more over before we get to uh, your future and, yep. uh, and a flyer as well. And this is the one that you're going to roast me for. I'm going to go SMU over eight and a half here uh, as well. Um, I look at their slate. And again, I'm looking at Preston Stone returning. Rhett Lashley, obviously some success there. This is plus 110 over eight and a half, excuse me, at FanDuel. Um, And I I really think that uh, you catch Louisiana Tech in the non-con. You've got an FCS game. And then you miss Tulane. So you get two of those wins. It doesn't matter what happens to Oklahoma TCU. Let's say it's a non-zero chance you're going to win one of those, but not a very likely chance, right? Then I've got Charlotte, East Carolina, who's playing without Holden Aylers for the first time um, in a long time. Temple might be a little a little gross, but Tulsa, Rice, North Texas, and then Navy. You've got plenty enough there to get to that nine wins, even if you go two and two in the non-con. Um, I, I, I really like SMU to score a lot of points. And I think the American Athletic Conference, especially with some of these guys that haven't been playing at this level, North Texas, Rice, um, are, are, are going East Carolina are going to have a hard time kind of keeping up with that offense, even if the defense isn't great for SMU. So going to take the ponies over eight and a half uh, this year as well. I know that they play Memphis and I might need some action on both of that. There's a little bit of thread and needle there, but, uh, but I think they're good enough to score with anyone. It, it is. You knew I was going to point out that scheduling aspect, but the real reason I'm not with you on SMU is my futures play. I like it too much. I look at SMU conference odds, they're pretty short. And it's, I don't think SMU should be on that same level with Tulane in this conversation. And, but I will, I will point out one thing that I like about this schedule. It used to be if you ended the season against Navy, it was miserable. Your last week of the year when you're starting to lose focus, you got to go with the triple option. But now if we're skewing away from the triple option, that headache is a little bit less. SMU ends the year with Navy at home. Maybe that's less of a concern compared to previous seasons, and that can help you chase those nine wins. You're you are threading a needle with both Memphis and SMU there, but you'll know going into to the last week of the year what you're hoping to have happen. Which it's it's the same thing I just sure. did with Army and Navy. I I will have to know Army Navy weekend, which I think is in Boston in the Medal. No, no, in uh the Patriot Stadium, I think. I'll know going into that what I need to have it. Yeah, but absolutely. I, I'm going to nod and smile with that because I think, Douglas, you just dropped off and I missed all of that. But hopefully it was good info. And when I listen back, I'll be able to to pick that up. But I think, are we back? Can you hear me now? I'm good. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to keep chatting because uh, I was going to launch into my future, Parker. And I was when I began my AAC thoughts, I thought I was going to be SMU. I really did. That was my expectation. The more I looked at it, I'm taking UTSA at plus 470 at FanDuel, and I am not making that a flyer. I'm making that a full-blown future. The returning quarterback, Frank Harris, they return 16 starters, eight on each side of the ball, and they end the year at Tulane but miss SMU and Memphis. 
Part of the reason you like that over eight and a half on SMU is they miss UTSA. Well, that can give me a reason to like UTSA to make the conference championship game. I'm going to, I'm going to offer some math here that you're probably going to wince at and then do math on later and tell me how far off I was. But if you look at the uh, UTSA won the conference USA the last two years, now they're in the AAC. If you look at the top four conference USA teams via SP plus last year, not including UTSA, they averaged out about 1.2 points worse than the average team in the country. If you look at the top four AAC teams right now via SP plus, not including UTSA, they average out to about 1.6 points better than the average team in the country. So it's within a field goal. UTSA was more than a field goal better than the number two team in Conference USA last year. I'm of the opinion that UTSA is getting undervalued here as they enter the AAC and could really, really run the league, quite frankly. I realize Tulane is returning just as much and is the darling, but we should not doubt UTSA. I'm getting them at nearly 5-1. to one. Frank Harris is going to have something to say, and I really, really like this UTSA play. Like it, like what Jeff Taylor's got going on. I think the continuity is very high for them. And I love that in the American this year, there are multiple paths to making some good strategic plays on who's going to, you know, what, like who misses who. And, and, uh, and so I think that the imbalance schedule here really does help kind of open up some avenues to, to potentially make some money on uh, a couple of these teams interested to see. And, and the benefit is maybe we're going to get one of these good matchups like SMU, UTSA, or um, that we won't get in the regular season. Maybe we get that in the AAC championship. So certainly um, interesting there. Uh, I have looking at our time, we're doing great. We're hitting 41 minutes. I have one last flyer that I just want to. I was smell. surprised by this. Casey Thompson reunites with Tom Herman. I think they're going to be fine, man. I think the FAU out over seven and a half plus one at Cedars is uh, good enough for me to put down just a tenth of a unit. Won't do anything crazy there, um, but they're gonna they're bringing back a, a lot of defense. Uh, very high number there, and then on offense with Casey Thompson going to be experienced. I think that Herman going to do a classic uh, move where low stress, high facilities. Uh, seven and a half e here this is me being on by, uh, of herman and uh, and the fact that casey thompson is a a competent quarterback uh overall so uh again just a little sprinkle there on fau to to end and round out the show but uh certainly interested in what they can do in tom Herman's first year i realize you're making that a flyer but you just played three overs of bowl eligibility in the same conference between memphis over eight smu over eight and a half and FAU over seven and a half. Last I checked in college football, some teams have to lose football games. And I'm not sure you're giving that. Just like Kansas needs to play defense, some teams need to lose football games. And I'm not sure you're giving that enough credence this this today. And uh, the AAC will be an interesting uh, balancing act for Sir Parker Fleming. A little bit. Notice that only Memphis and uh, and I think FAU gets a very nice, very nice draw. Um, all right, looking at our um, looking at our total, uh, excuse me, looking at our our board from this uh, week, Douglas, would you like to go ahead and um, give us a recap before we uh, before we tie up and get out of here? Before I do that, I'm going to do the thing we forget to do literally every single week. It's kind of embarrassing because it's podcast 101. Please rate, review, subscribe, share that stuff. We don't remember to tell you to do that. So hopefully you've already been remembering to do that. 
Uh, rate on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever. Subscribe. This is how we get people to bring us back. This is how we get Circa to bring us out to Las Vegas. It'll be great week zero. Anyway, my plays this week, beginning in the Big 12, which is currently a 14-team league for the year of 2023, I have Cincinnati at under 5, plus 100, even value via Circa Sports. I have Kansas, along with Parker, at under 6, plus 105 at DraftKings. I will gladly take that plus money. Uh, it's it's fading Kansas's defense. That terrible defensive line is going to ruin their year. I have a flyer in Oklahoma State at 65 to 1. This is where, again, you want to hop on that QR code for quick access to Bet Rivers because that's the reason we're playing 65 to 1 because Bet Rivers has mispriced this and Oklahoma State is available with value. And then my real full go Big 12 future is Oklahoma at plus 450, also available via Bet Rivers. Same premise, although in that instance, it's partly because Oklahoma went 0 5 in one score games last year, including losing four of their last five games all by one score. I will take that resurgence and, and trust in Dylan Gabriel and Brent Venables to put it back together. In the AAC, I am doubting Navy's uh, slight adjustment away from the triple option. Under six and a half, neg 130 at BetMGM. Corollary, I am very much doubting Army's abandonment of the triple option, taking under six at plus 105 at BetMGM, doing that there because the AAC doesn't include the independents, but Army-Navy is as close to a conference as we get. And then if a real good future, one that I, I feel perhaps irrationally confident in, I've got UTSA to win the AAC at plus 470. I, I look forward to Frank Harris really showing out. And you cannot tell me the current AAC is that much better than last year's Conference USA. And at 470, that's the argument, that there's the, the plus 470 is suggesting that Tulane and SMU and Memphis are that much better than the last year's conference USA. And I don't believe in that, Parker. That is that is my claim there. And I look forward to it paying off. Yeah, I like it. I like the rationale behind it, certainly, even if I uh, will disagree on a couple of these here. But uh, yeah, I've got Kansas under six. Obviously, agree with you. Uh, a fun flyer for me is that Oklahoma State plus 6,500 future. I'm going Texas to make the playoff um, going uh, plus 320 at DraftKings. Memphis over eight. Uh, minus 105 at DraftKings, SMU over eight and a half. With that, I'm going to take a future of Memphis plus 800 to win the conference. Again, going to have my money tied up in the AAC, going to have to going to have to be vigilant, but like both of those teams, like their offenses. Uh, and then taking a flyer on FAU on Casey Thompson and the returning defense for the Owls uh, over seven and a half uh, this, uh, this fall. Those are my plays in the Big 12 and the AAC for this week. Douglas, next week, Pac-12 Mountain West. Uh, Pac-12 Mountain West, that's it, two separate conferences, right? Allegedly, for now. We're at least going to have to say for 2023, we know who that's going to be. God knows where that's going to be again by this time we get there. But uh, this has been Never Punt, comma, Never Parlay. Make sure you subscribe to Hit the Books, subscribe to The Hammer, all that good gambling content all over the internet that you want. Um, and we will, uh, for Douglas Farmer, I'm Parker Fleming, and uh, rate, review, sub, share. All of that, we'll see you next week.